So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to Love After Lockup. Ha ha, okay. I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing the Season 5, Episode 8 of Love After Lockup. In this episode, Antoine and Lacey are fighting over positivity. We find out Radine is married to Kay. Kayla and Martell are fighting over her being late. Taylor goes to the hospital over butt stuff. Branwyn tries to set the record straight with her ex. And Harry gets in trouble for not staying where he's supposed to. If you watch 90 Day Fiancé, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things going with you? Uh, Things are going okay. Just uh, incredibly, incredibly busy. And uh, so we apologize for being a little bit later than usual last week. Our schedules have just been insane. I feel like it's not going to get any better until about mid-May. Yeah, that's that's about right. And then we'll have a couple of uh, in-person show recordings, I guess, starting oh, this yeah. week. <laughs> oh, actually, yeah. Maybe even next weekend, possibly. Yeah, next weekend we'll be together. So we'll probably record at some point. We'll squeeze it in there. Possibly. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. We're doing a, a race. And so it's like... Um, I have a feeling we're going to be really, really tired and we may not have time to actually watch it. That's true. Yeah. Because the the shows are getting low. Why is this an hour and a half now? It makes it so – I'm so upset this show is an hour and a half now. Yeah. I I really liked it short and sweet simply because I feel like we got the best parts. And, you know, we know from 90 Day Fiance, same producers, that some of their stuff just drags on because it's a two-hour show. You know? Yeah, and it's just they have to stick with stuff too long and they kind of have these like, you know, trips down these loops that don't go anywhere and it, it it's it's like stuff that you forget about like three episodes later and you're like, right. Oh yeah, they did have that storyline, didn't they? Huh. How about <laughs> yeah. that? Yeah. But jumping into this group. All right, so let's start with uh, Lacey and Antoine. So after car shopping, Lacey brings Antoine to a romantic lookout, like at night. To see over the city, but he just wants to go home after everything that happened today. Lacey is getting very annoyed with all the complaining that he's doing all the time. She makes him get out of the car and he's like, yeah, get out of the car and you'll get a feeling for the place. But after she refused to put her name on that car loan, he's pretty sure he's not going to be feeling anything. So she likes the view, but he's not into the cold. So they get in the car and go home, both of them feeling pretty irritated. She makes fun of him all the way home. And when they do get home, she demands an apology from him, which she does not get. So she runs off, he runs off to the bedroom then, now that they're fighting, to show her something. And it's the dumb fake letter. Speaking oh, of things we forgot about. Right. right. The dumb fake letter she did to, like, honey trap him, right? Oh, God. Um, but it was a uh, – not, like we said, not a successful uh, gambit because he looked at the letter and was like, this is Lacey. This is her handwriting. I know. I mean, is. she didn't even try to disguise her writing. Like that's just stupid. Nope, nope. So I get all. He says that he was like, "Well, we're for fighting. Let's fight." And um, and it, well, it kind of refocus who was really in trouble here. Um, but then they kind of, you know, Lacey calls him disrespectful and ungrateful, and he just sits on the couch and is like, "I'm gonna post up here because I didn't do anything wrong." So then she brings him a blanket so he can post up there all night long. So the next day, Antoine is again smoking like constantly he's doing and knocking on Lacey's door. She emphasizes that he's supposed to be an addition to her life and just bring positive energy. But he hasn't been that. But he's ready to move on from the fight and, you know, takes out a remote like to be like, look, I'm trying to change the channel. And even though she's like, I'm trying to mute you. So he said he's never been in a serious relationship before. So he really doesn't know how this works and how to handle things and just wants to stop fighting. So they Agree to make up, and now the plan for today is, well, Lacey wants to run some errands before meeting with her sister, but Antoine's like, I want to meet my homeboy Josiah. Maybe I'll meet up with you and your sister later. Lacey says that, you know, because he's been in the hole so long, he might be a little weird, but she didn't expect kind of him to be fighting her all the time. And also, she's worried about him going to hang out with his friends because they're kind of the ones that landed him in jail before, and they only know the other friends he has are the friends he met in jail. So, you know, but she doesn't want to say you can't hang out with them because, you know, you, you, then it's controlling behavior and everything like that. So I don't know. What what do you think is the best kind of way to discourage someone like this from, you know, seeking out the bad influences that always got him in trouble? 
I, I don't know if you can do anything, right? Because right. just it, look at how hard-headed he is about everything. Yes. You know, it's it really just is, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And so she can't really deter him. There's really nothing she can do. And so this also kind of goes back to, like, the bigger issue. And it's not just Lacey, but I think it's Lacey maybe has got a worse case of it than others, is why do these people think that their prison significant others are these wildly different people? And it's just like, I, uh, it's not to say that people in prison are terrible people and they're like have the inability to love or have good qualities. But it's like, but does any of this surprise you at all? Like, I am not surprised by his behavior. Like, I don't care. She can tell me till the cows come home how great and a committed person and how funny and how connected he is. It doesn't change the fact that he's in prison causing trouble. That's like the yes. worst kind of prisoner. Yeah, he's not like he went to prison. He's like, oh, man, I made a mistake. I had to get my life together. He went to prison and continued to do things in prison that got him in trouble. Right. So I'm just like, yeah, you're dating a psycho. Like, that's how I kind of see it, you know? So it's just like, oh, my gosh. Like, you can't expect anything from this guy. He acts like a child. I I do find it weird that he does kind of treat her like a mom, you know, like – Throwing no, a tantrum, he's not getting his way. Yeah, and it's like a, te- a surly teenager, right? Instead yes. of being, instead of like, well, I just thought we were going home. Why are we even here? This is dumb. This is stu- uh, this is dumb. Why would he even do that? Like, and why? Because she didn't buy him a car. Yeah. Like literally, it's because she didn't buy him a car. Right. I'm in no mood <laughs> for this. I know. Yeah, and that's like. Yeah, that's like it's something, and that's something you stereotypically hear from about teenagers all the time, right? They made this huge, big, ridiculous ask. They didn't get what they wanted, and so they're going to be like, "Fine, I don't even need you. Then I'll just go to my room." You're the one who's uh, uh, like, and so it is very much like a weird, like mom relationship. I mean, ex- yeah. except in the morning when he woke up and he was like, "Huh, she's in bed. Like maybe we can make something happen here." I don't even think it was that, to be honest, just because... I think he was feeling it out. I think he was feeling it out. This is how I kind of saw that. I don't know if he's, like, super stoked on having crazy sex with Lacey. Just because, remember last week when they were talking about the morning after, his opinion about it was like, meh, it's like a B, right? Right. I get, like, sex is sex, a B is still better than no sex, I guess. Yes. I would mm-hmm. see it that way, at least. But at the same time, it just doesn't seem like he's super affectionate with her. I think he is still adjusting to life outside of prison, like, psychologically, wrapping his mind around all of that. That might not put him in the mood. I feel that he really was just like, oh, because he sat out there and thought about it, like, oh, shit. What happens if she breaks up with me or we break break up? What do I have? Absolutely nothing. What yeah, do I do? To, he can go to his mom's. Like Yeah, I I feel like that's kind of an interesting relationship too. I feel like they are a very um my projection of it is that they're very like a love-hate relationship. Like they they can get really really close, but because they can get so close, they'll have a big blow up fight about something we've seen christy uh oh yeah sure i could definitely mm-hmm. see that happening and then you know you need a bit of a cooling off period then it's back to thickest thieves again i mean i definitely think that he's kind of playing this game where because any to any time you have a negotiation or uh, you know and that's basically how he's treating a lot of this relationship is as a negotiation like the person who has the power is the person who can walk away Right. right. The person who's less invested, they get to dictate the terms because they don't need it as much. And I think mm-hmm. he's definitely trying to paint that for Lacey. Like, I don't need you. I can go to my mom's. Yeah. Like, I can get, I'm just going to do what I want. If you're going to give me what I want, then whatever. You're the one who needs this relationship more than I do. Right. And right. I, 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 so I don't know how much he actually wants to go to his mom's mm-hmm. um, as much as because his mom's isn't going to be as much different as he thinks it is. Like, there's going to be pain in the ass things there. Like, and we find that out. In other couples, right? We sign that out with Harry. They're like, oh, this place sucks. I'm going to go somewhere else. And then you go somewhere else. I'm like, this sucks in the exact same way. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, because people actually want you to behave like an adult. So how about oh that? Crazy. Oh, I know. Um, well, did you want to talk about Indian Harry next then? Yeah. So let's just jump to Indian Harry because we brought them up. All right. 
So, um, get to them. So we start with Harry coming in from the snow to Carla's house, which is his other sister. And, you know, he immediately lights up a blunt while Carla makes some coffee. So he hasn't spoken to Indy since their fight, which he says was a week ago. He's been staying with Carla and Indy is staying with Lydia. Poor Lydia. I know. She gets the kids. And she gets the stranger. Like, why? Yeah. Is this Brandon Pursuit, my boyfriend, who my brother isn't even dating anymore? Maybe not. Like, still staying in my house. I know, right? So anyway, Indy is there and we see her calling an iris to see what the cards say. And apparently they say that Harry's love is genuine. Even though he's been pretty much, and she knows, is pretty sure, he's been cheating on her nonstop. So when Iris says, you know, it's time now for Indy to take charge because right now, Harry has control of the relationship. We go back to Harry who gets a phone call from his parole officer who is very like, hmm, I thought he'd be a little bit more by the book instead of less like, a, he sounded kind of thuggish actually of all things. Um, <laughs> well, he's got to talk to the people, you know. It's talk, what they understand. Talk to, him on the, talk to him on their level, I guess, <laughs> yeah. is what he did. So we hear the parole officer who tells him that, yeah, Lydia snitched on you. And he knows, I'm, I know you're not staying there. So you need to give me an address by 6 o'clock today or there's going to be a warrant out for your arrest. So now he has to go deal with Indy and her feelings because, you know, having to do that at Lydia's house is still preferable to prison. So then we see Harry getting back to Lydia's house so that he can have a conversation alone away from that snitch Lydia. So they go to the basement to talk it out. And the first thing she wants to know is like, so where are you staring? Because I'm assuming it's with this Terry person, Terry baby that you've been cheating on me with. (laughs) So she asks, well, are you even seeing anybody else? And he's like, well, I'm not trying to worry about that. Which I'm not sure what that means because I don't don't know. I I don't (laughs) even know where he was going with most of his conversation. Who knows what he says half the time? My God. Yeah, like – are you cheating on me? I'm not worried about it. Like, he never answers the question. It's so infuriating. Yeah. It's like, so, it's none I mean, of your he business. Does, though. He does, though, because we know. Because when you say it's none of your business, the answer is that's a yes. Yeah. So, right. Um, so, anyway. So, he says, what I want to do is I want to worry. I don't want, you know, I don't want somebody else deciding what to do with my freedom because I'm in control of it. And Andy reminds him, he's like, yeah, you were in control of it. Like, when you made these promises, these promises that you're now not upkeeping. Yeah. So anyway, then he says the same thing about like goes into the same retreat he always goes into, which is why didn't anybody think about me? Why uh. are they putting themselves in my shoes and me about what I want? Everybody should be doing the, everything for me, even though from our outsider perspective, nobody's been doing anything but bending over backwards for him. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um. So he was praying that this would be a lot easier and everyone everyone should have done all the work to make him feel comfortable. And that's irritating that they didn't. So Indy talks to him about how, uh, you know, he isn't keeping up with what the promises that he made, like being a father figure for Coco. And he just feels like she brought this up to manipulate him into feeling like he did something wrong. And she feels like, well, you, you did do something wrong and you're not taking <laughs> accountability for that. So they get in a dumb shouting match about which one of those them is more like of anything. They're like, "I'm up, you're up in your feelings." No, you're up in your feelings. You're being you're being ridiculous. No, you're being ridiculous. It is oh pretty gosh. dumb. So anyway, after they separate, Indy says that Harry is much more narcissistic and a much bigger liar than he was in prison. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And Harry just goes back to the same thing he's been wondering for all this time: like, why is everybody not doing more for me? So, <laughs> I mean, I. I definitely uh, was heavily shaded in the way I, um, you know, put that in. But what does Harry want from everybody? Like, I don't what, – what is he – what in his dream world would this help, this this looking out for him even look like? Well, it would look like no one bothering him to do anything. Like, oh, you don't have to pick up after yourself. You don't have to uh, check in. You don't have to take care of anyone. You don't have to live up to the promises you've made. I think to him, it just means like, let me live, right? Don't demand anything of me. You should be understanding of the fact that I just got my freedom. And you should let me enjoy this. And let it be my time to do what I want. And it's just like so ridiculous to me that why did do, why does everybody have to stop their life to accommodate you? You're the one right. re- entering into the world. You need to fit your life to fit everybody else's because everybody else is still doing their thing. 
yeah, you have to reintegrate yourself. And yeah. the, uh, it's, just, it, it's just entitled. He's the most entitled oh, sure. person. Uh-huh. Like, I think we might have seen in this show. And this show is a lot of entitled people. Oh, but yeah. he is just like, I should have – I want to be taken care of like a baby. Mm-hmm. Like literally like a baby. I want everyone yeah. to do everything for me. Yeah. Um, but I also want to have all the – you know, individual freedoms that an adult has. So I want you to do everything for me. But if you make a meal for me, I don't want to be like, like have to, you know, eat it or, or, you know, be even be there to have it. I just want to be able to make every decision and just do every single one of my whims and at every turn have everyone just groveling over everything. Support me and tell me how special I am. Yes. Yeah. But it's, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yes, that's how a four-year-old is treated. Mm -hmm. You're very special. Oh, isn't that amazing? Isn't that great? Oh, here's your sandwich. Oh, you threw it on the floor. I guess you want a grilled cheese. Like, that's what he wants. But he also wants to have all the, you know, all the freedom of adult, none of the responsibilities of adult. Sure, sure. I think part of it has to do with his sisters are older than him. He's the baby of the family. He's the son. I do think there was some element of he was babied. And he was taken care of by his mother and his sisters. And I we saw a few episodes ago that he clearly had abuse and trauma in his life. And then that's what kind of set him on this, like, uh, destructive path. And I think that was definitely a very dark period in his life. But, you know, when he went to prison is when he realized, like, oh, my family isn't there like they were before. Like, they're not babying me and taking care of me. And I think... Especially because it was a violent crime. I mean, me personally, I know that that's like your family member. And it's not to say that you love them any less. But I I feel like I would I would look at someone different. Yeah. I mean, like, I, you I, didn't I would realize too. I they, yeah, you didn't realize they were capable of something like that. But I, it would make me look at someone different. Right. Because you, you always hear that from people's families. Like the, mm-hmm. people who end up getting convicted for violent crimes. Or just, like, they say things like, oh, I don't think it was them. I, I just can't imagine them being capable of it. Right. Right. And so you do have to change your priors and be like, no, this is somebody who's capable of that. Mm-hmm. It's just like – I just don't know why – I mean, I guess – but that's even part of it. Like Carla took him in. Like like Lydia's watching his – letting his – girlfriend that he's cheating on openly openly cheating on right um like just hang around and stay in ohio for however like i know like, that's super generous of her yeah and she because that i mean indy did and finally kind of stood up a little bit and he yeah. was like why isn't anybody doing more things for me and she's like i left my family and moved to ohio for you like right what, what is it that you and it doesn't get to the point of saying what is it that you want because every time he says what is it that you want he's just like i want everybody to leave me alone like yeah. That's all. He, that's that's the most thing he wants is he wants them to simultaneously help him and do everything for him, but also leave him alone. Right. Right. Okay. Why does this kid have a flip phone? Is that like his only his phone for his parole officer? Like, what was up with that? Oh, I didn't even notice that because I thought we've seen him using smartphone. Yeah, yeah we did because he had an iPhone yeah, when he was texting with all Terry. The emojis. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because I still can't get over how dumb that was to have your side piece in your phone with the word baby and like heart emojis. Like heart what? emojis, um, kissy emojis, heart eye emojis. I mean, what's the what's the age cap on that? Because I, I'm like 20. Like you have to stop doing that. People have to stop doing the heart eye emojis on the names. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Lydia ratted him out intentionally. I feel like the parole officer called her and mm-hmm. checked in with her and she straight up told him what was happening. I'm not going to lie. Like, I yeah. don't think she called him. It was like, hey, just wanted you to know Harry hasn't been staying here. Right. But that's not what Harry wants. Harry no, wants everybody right. to break the rules for him. Right, if, if my right. parole officer called, you should have said, oh, yeah, he's here every night. You just happen to be missing him all the time. I don't know. It's weird. What a coincidence. Instead of her being like. I'm sure – because I'm sure that's the way it happened. I'm sure the parole officer called the house and was like, hey, where is he? Is he there? And she's like, nope. And he's like, has he been there? And she's like, nope. Right. I don't know where he is. Yeah. I mean, that's how I see it going down. Um, But, okay, I just – I feel a little a little bit of hope for Indy, a little tiny, tiny bit. It's like she's actually getting that this guy's a narcissist and a liar. I don't know what she'll do with that information. Clearly, she kind of is like, la, 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 la. But I hope she does something with it because the other thing that like really upsets me is that, you know, she is depending on this person to be a father figure to her daughter. And it's like, 
I don't know. Do if you she want, could really get at this point, mad at, this at point, him. Do you want that? I mean, you have right. to actually consider, like, this is not a, you know, like we were talking about before. It's not like, you know, a, a, a B, you know, B, you know, B sex is better than no sex. It's yeah. not that situation. Like, an, a, 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 an F dad is not better than a no dad. <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah, that's definitely not the same thing, sure. And, you know, and this guy isn't obligated to be a father, and he's not acting like he's a father. Right, and so it's, it, I, I don't know. But at least she, yeah, she does seem to be getting to the point where it's like, what do you even, because the thing, other thing that annoyed me about him is he does things like, like he knows ways to like change the argument. And one of the changes of the arguments is, you won't let me finish, right? And he this time he said that after he was clearly finished. He was like, well, you say we don't communicate. She's like, well, we don't communicate because – and she's like, you didn't like finish my sentence. And it was like, you clearly had finished your sentence. I don't know what you're doing. He just deflects. He deflects yeah. and he's super obvious about it. And I wish – I don't know. I just wish you know there was somebody a little bit more calm and a little bit – a lot smarter than Indy that could like actually cut him out and be like, you know, catch him on his logical inconsistencies. Like what does that even mean? I don't yeah. want to talk about that. We well, need to be know, beyond that. And it's like, no, we can't. Do that. What are you talking the about? The easiest dude? way to shut that down is, okay, well, then finish. Because when they're finished and you say, okay, then finish, it's like usually they're like, uh, okay, I guess I have nothing else to say. <laughs> right. But then but he's good enough at it that I'm sure his response would have been something like, why would I even do that? Because you're just going to cut me off again. I'm not going to finish. We can't even talk to you. Like, he just is. And then I would have sat know. there cross arm just looking at him and like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to let you finish. Go on ahead. Please, go ahead. (laughs) Go ahead. Yeah. Which is infuriating in its own way, but yeah. All right. Next up. All right. Next up, we have a good and a bad and then a good, I guess. So we have Chance and Taylor. So Chance meets up with his good friend, Daryl, at a jewelry store. Chance tells us that he bought Taylor a $130 promise ring with money he saved up from his prison job. He's now feeling a bit guilty uh, since he got out of prison and messed things up with Taylor and her sister, Bobby. So he feels like he should do something to make Taylor happy, which means buying her an engagement ring. This time, Chance has about $550 to spend on this ring. Chance says he's been working for a few weeks now as possibly a plumber. It was hard to tell because they didn't tell us what he was doing. They just showed a picture or a short video video of him working he was under a sink and there was pipes involved i don't know probably handyman work i'm guessing maybe so uh now he's making money chance picks out a ring that is right on budget chance also wants to buy the three daughters promise ring since he feels like he's making a promise to be their dad daryl thinks that chance looks good but wonders if he's maybe jumping into a commitment too quickly Chance tells Daryl about the fight with Bobby, and he says that he brought that prison aggression home, which he's starting to regret. Back at the house, Taylor is crying and in a lot of pain when Chance gets home. They're trying to do a Google search to figure out what it is, but eventually they just end up going to the hospital. Chance is speeding to get there, and at the hospital, Taylor has to take a pregnancy test. And when it comes back negative, Chance starts to get a little weepy. Not because he wanted her to be pregnant, but because it means that now this could be more serious because they don't know what it is. Taylor was fearful of getting a color contrast CT scan that shows uh, that she had a lot of inflammation in her pelvis area. So they want to transfer her to another hospital. Well, it ends up that it was an infection potentially caused by really rough sex in multiple positions. So she got a Mm. shot of something. They didn't really say what it was, medicine, whatever, uh, in her ass and was feeling a lot better already. Taylor is incredibly embarrassed. And then she tells us it likely happened when she got really drunk and things got a little wild. All right. So uh, what do you think was the best news that came out of their segment? (sighs) Probably that nobody's pregnant yet. <laughs> That's probably for the best, um, yeah. as always is the case for most of these couples when you're just trying to figure this stuff out. Like it's it's probably for the best that it wasn't a pregnancy and yeah. obviously that it wasn't anything like r- notably serious. Right. Well, here's the thing, too. What confuses me is when people are just like. You know, playing it fast and loose. And then when it comes down to pregnancy tests, it's like, oh, will they or won't they? Oh, my gosh, we really don't know. It's like you should have some idea, 
You know, like, I really don't think, and I mean, I'm not to say that there aren't surprises, because obviously even, like, if you're, you know, using birth control very uh, consistently, things still sure. happen. Sure, I'm not totally. saying anything about that. But you should, for the most part, not be like, a, oh, my God, I think I could be pregnant. Like, yeah, at, at any point, anyone who's sexually active could be pregnant, but... You know, yeah. I don't know. It shouldn't be as much of a shock. And I think right. it's it, not like they said it's not like they said, well, it could be a pregnancy, but that's unlikely because she's on birth control. Like right. they didn't say that. <laughs> yep. And that was concerning to me because it's just like, oh, I think they'd be mostly OK if they got pregnant in terms of their relationship. I just I, I don't think they want another kid right now. No, There's already no. three girls to take it's care of. Already, It's already a madhouse with those three girls everywhere. Okay. Like, And those three girls, I'm pretty sure all share a room and two uh-huh. of them share a bed. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd have to have the baby in the bed with you and stuff. But I mean, I mean, there's definitely a mini life lesson in here about, mm-hmm. you know, proper, uh, let's see, hygiene when you're switching um, – Holes? Because <laughs> that's oh, clearly God. what happened. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> so it said it because she said it like that. Oh, we did rough and things. But he said like, hey, a shot in the ass got you into this and a shot in the ass got you out. And it's yep. like, oh, <laughs> like I see what happened. Just <sighs> use protection, man. Like, and don't use the same protection when you're doing, you're changing oh, things up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We need to move on because that was, yes. <laughs> I had an ick moment. We need to, yeah, we need to move on. All right. So let's do that. Let's go on to, um, let's go on to Chaz and Branwen. So Chaz is supposed to be leaving Branwen at Mike's house. And this is kind of an overlap from last week. Because he's taking off his shoes and cuddling and trying to start a makeout session that she's like avoiding a little bit. So Chaz is hoping that, you know, Mike will take some pity on them and let them stay over for, you know, some sex. But anyway, like we saw last time, Mike comes back in, so the intimate time comes to an end. And we meet Mike, who says he, you know, just wants her to stay clean and sober, as rules for the house, actually, to stay clean and sober, and also for Chaz to not be crashing in his house. So Chaz is disappointed, but he gets it. So once Chaz leaves, Bramwood is excited to have some space to herself. So we then stay with Chaz as he drives back down to the downtown hotel. Again, kind of a bummer for him, because... You know, he comes back and, like, had this whole setup with flower petals and lingerie and, you know, the box of condoms and everything. So he explains that after this week, it's going to be a few months before they can be together again because, you know, they have to do that whole transfer thing to get her to Kentucky. So after cleaning up the hotel room, Chaz calls his sister from bed and explains, you know, where Bramwin is staying. It's her friend's, he said, baby's daddy, which means, like, charmingly old person of him. So anyway, he tells his sister that he's not worried at all about Mike, but, you know, maybe she should be more worried about Aaron, who Bramwood is talking to right now. So she gets why Chaz would have an attitude about him randomly showing up to the release. And she tells tells us that she and Aaron had dated, you know, had some good times together, but he cheated on her and they fought all the time. Then they start bouncing back and forth between phone calls. And on Chaz's side, he's... Expressing skepticism with Aaron's intentions. And on Bramwin's side, Aaron is like, I don't know about this whole situation. Chaz does not seem like the guy you usually go for, which is usually guys more like me. But then she says they were pretty much toxic for each other. And she loves him, but it's all really confusing. All right. So uh, where, where, how likely do you think that Bramwin is uh, kind of going to get pulled back onto this Aaron train? I no, I actually was a little suspicious at the beginning of their phone conversation. I was like, oh, God, we have another one of these situations, right, uh, where you get out and there's immediately, like, a love triangle. But right. I thought, you know, her conversation with him um, was fairly friendly. She didn't really seem like she was leading him on too much or trying to be too flirtatious. I mean, she was friendly enough. Um, it sounded like she was trying to express you know, like, hey, listen, like, I've got a new guy now. He's my husband, you know, like, let's kind of talk about the situation that happened. You know, when you met him, she wasn't, like, seeking his, like, approval or, like, you know, anything weird that we've kind of seen these people do. So, for the most part, I thought it was, you know, fairly innocent on her side. 
um, if she's trying to keep a door open for, you know, if things I can see that, but mm-hmm. she's not trying to lead him on. But I do think Chaz's assessment of it is fairly accurate. And he's sure. saying that Aaron is trying to play the nice guy to draw her back in because, I mean, he's doing the typical like, you know, and I say, quote, nice guy because they're really not. Uh, but, you know, trying to be like, oh, I, I just I just love you and I just want what's best for you. And I mean, he did. He said he loved her and just wants what's best for her. Like, I don't know about this guy, like trying to raise suspicions and plant that seed of doubt and try to be like that friend that's going to oh, be yeah, yeah. the shoulder to cry on. He's definitely setting things up for that. So Chaz is not wrong to be suspicious I don't think, based on their conversation, he has anything to worry about at the moment on her side. But I also don't think it would be unrealistic um, if something were to happen to Branwyn and Chaz, that Branwyn may eventually, uh, like, you know, give Aaron another shot. I don't think it'd work out in the end if their uh, relationship is the way that she said. But I could see them maybe, like, trying again later. No, I think you're right. I definitely he's he's definitely going for that angle where it's like, hey, maybe if, if they ever break up, I want to be the shoulder she cries on yep. because then we can turn that into awkward sex. There we go. <laughs> like, well, like, no, according to her, A plus sex, right? Well, I mean, yes. Well, the the, the plan is to have the the awkward sex first, and then it becomes more routine, and it becomes A plus oh, again Mr. because oh, no one the time the have um, awkward sex. <laughs> The one where it starts with her crying. Like, oh, God. <laughs> right? And so that's where I was going for. Um, but the um, – yeah, yeah. I think, that's, I, I, I think it's pretty obvious to everybody that's what he's going for. And, of course, the uh, the, the prototype that we're worried about here is the, um, you know, Lacey, Shane, Chon, John situation, right? Where she – I'm with this other guy now and I just need you to know that and then, you know – we have yet to see what happens when things aren't so rosy between her and Chaz. And things aren't going to – there's always – every relationship, it's not going to stay so rosy, right? And so it's all about like, well, what what's going to happen there? Because it seems like she has good intentions right now, which I don't think you could say for Lacey and, Lacey and John. But, you know, you never know how people, gonna, how people react to that kind of first – you know, the ending of the honeymoon period or whatever. Right, right. Yeah, but, definitely. Um, yeah. So I was confused. He knew she was going to Mike's house, right? Also confused. I was like, was there ever the plan that he was going to be at the hotel with her? Because he had went through all the effort of putting all the decorations up just to take it down. And was like, who is that for? Right. And I was well, I think he mentioned at one point he was like, oh, maybe the parole officer would would take pity on us and like let her stay with me for one night. And I think he was kind of going on the off chance, which is what at best, like a five percent chance. Right. If that. At best. Yeah. That he's that he's like then he put up all these decorations. There was like just married in the bathroom, which yeah, confused that me. Was a I was very odd. Like, OK, so is that sign waterproof? Because it was like in the shower. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Was he trying to get shower stuff going on that first night? I don't know what his expectations were here. It's uh, it was very, and of course, yeah, the, to go that's a lot of effort, and those that that's a lot of pedals and things, and we have this whole episode had a lot of pedals actually. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, uh, let's move on to Kayla and Martell. So Kayla's wandering around her apartment looking for her cell phone. And she can't seem to find it, and now she's running late and picking up Martel from the halfway house. It'll be the first time she's seen Martel since the stove argument a month ago, and Kayla is hoping it will be drama-free. Kayla is 40 minutes late, and she's expecting him to be pissed, so she's also anticipating some makeup sex in their future. Martel is frowning and just grumpy immediately as soon as she rolls up. Kayla tells him she overslept because she's tired as hell. And she tries to hug him, but he is, like, stiff-armed, does not reciprocate. He complains about how cold it is and that he was waiting all this time outside. He eventually gives her a very reluctant kiss and gets in the car to drive. Martel feels it was disrespectful that she was late. Kayla asks him what he wants to do after they eat, and Martel says the strip club and get a bottle, to which Kayla does not even 
bother to respond to him. His barber then calls him and Martel complains that he's running late, but he'll be in there real soon to see him. And he then tells Kayla that, detour, we're going to go see your barber now, which bothers Kayla because she's hungry and just wants to eat. So now Kayla is pissed because she doesn't want to wait in the car for him to get his hair cut. So Martel gets out, supposedly to go to the barber, and Kayla tells Kayla just to wait in the car. Kayla's sitting there going, uh-uh. So she gets in the driver's seat and she drives away. All right. Is this couple ever going to not fight? Uh, apparently not. Like, apparently not. It's, it's just everything is. Okay. And this this time, uh, you know what? This time I'm T. Martell. Okay. Right? Because she was super late. And I, it drives me crazy when people are super oh, late. Same. But she it's was super late. Us. And then also mad at him for like saying shit about her being late. And it was like, no, no, that one. It, no. No, you have to be like, I'm so sorry I'm late. I'm so sorry. Uh-huh. What are we going to – what do you do? And then she's just like, well, I don't understand why you're so upset. And it's like, because he was standing out in the cold for 40 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's why he's so upset. I mean, I'm with you. I get bothered when my friends are late. But if I'm – if they're late and I'm having to wait in uncomfortable situation, I'm even more annoyed. Yes. Like, you knew I was out here, like – in the cold, right? Yeah. You know, I would just be standing here waiting for you, right? right? Especially if they don't even give me a heads up. Did, he, did she not like say, hey, I'll be 40 minutes late. Don't stand in the cold. Go inside somewhere. Did she ever or find nothing. your phone? We don't even know. Oh, that's right. She was looking for her phone. Like, and then, sorry, I just over, as I overslept. It bothers me a lot too. Oh, yeah. Like, how you oversleep? I don't understand. Like, Man. so that's like, so that's what, because that, I'm with him. That's disrespect to me. That's, that's mm-hmm. you saying, those extra 30 minutes of sleep are more important to me than you. Yeah. Like that, whatever I was doing was more important to me than you. Yeah. And, yeah. I just, okay. I don't think he's wrong. And even the barber situation, I, you know, can see where Martel is coming from because maybe he had an appointment or a scheduled time he was supposed to go in. And it was, you know, maybe not enough time to go eat before or something, you know, but it would have been if she had gotten there on time. So exactly. I can see something mm-hmm. like that. But the thing that bothers me about Martel is the way he just tries to, like, push her buttons. Like, oh, what do you want to do? Yeah. Strip club, bottle service. And it's just like she knows, right? Because I'm sure she you do this as anything. a parent. Right. It's like yeah. you just have to ignore like all the stupid stuff. They're just trying to get a reaction out of you. So you just like pretend you didn't hear it. And that's exactly what she did. She was just like looking out the window like, oh, I'm going to pretend you didn't say that. Right. Because I know that's not what you really want to do. I know you just said it to get a rise out of me. Yes. So you're not getting that. But that's also the way his he just has they both. And the problem is they both have that personality yeah. where it's like anytime they feel some kind of way, they're just like. I'm going to make this a fight. We're going to fight now. Like, yeah. And, and they both want to escalate it to the point where they're fighting. Right. Oh, it's not good enough. Oh, because because he also is not like, hey, you know, actually, I have an appointment with my barber and we kind of are, are I'm already late for it. And we would have had time to eat if you were on time. So I'm going to mm-hmm. go to my barber fast. He's just like, nah, detour. I'm going to my barber. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that like, how they talk to each other is I think they're I honestly I don't think they're never going to not fight because the the root issue here it seems to me is that they don't feel respected by their partner. And part of that has to do with the way that they talk to each other. Like the way yep. that Martel talks to Kayla, the way that Kayla is just kind of like flippant about things with Martel, it's like they don't feel the respect from the other person. So anything that like may be you know, uh, easily like smoothed out, you'd be like, oh, you know, it's just a misunderstanding. It's like, no, it now becomes an argument about, you know, I don't feel like you respect me. And it's because it's not foundationally there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely deal with this a lot at school with like student hall walkers and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not even like some some of them are fine. Some of them I just go, I, I say something and they just, they just don't like the way I said it. They're like, right. nah, I don't know you like that. I'm not going to do that now. I would have done it, but I'm not going to now. Like, and now it's now it's a fight because I don't like the way you just talked to me. Right. And both of them have that attitude. Yeah. Like, like she was late and tried to be apologetic, but then he didn't hug her. And so she was like, no, I don't like this. No, nah, we're fighting. Right. Like, I don't like that. And so they both kind of and they both are stubborn about it and they won't be the be the gracious person who like is like, all right, fine. OK, sure. 
You have it your way. Yeah. Yeah. Very ridiculous. All right. So last up, we have Rick and Radine because this was the big, this was the one with the big reveal. So, <laughs> and also weird stuff. Anyway, Rick is psyched because he's setting up somebody's backyard, but grotto area. And Radine is on her way, but we see Radine on the way and she's decided less psyched than he is because she hates surprises. She's like, I'm going to this stupid house. I don't even know what he's doing. Stupid surprise. <laughs> so he wants to pamper her in hopes of moving himself up on the romantic list, you know, over K. Um, and it might work because when she gets there, she calls it a slam dunk home run to mix sports. <laughs> the backyard, The backyard has a hot tub and Rick has some bathing suits for her to choose from. She was nervous because, you know, she isn't really in bikini shape and she doesn't have a tan or anything. But, you know, the way Rick looks at her when she comes out makes her feel very sexy. So in the hot tub, they each take a bite of an edible rose petal, which she didn't know was edible at first. So she was like, why are you eating that? <laughs> anyway, they decide not to talk about their last fight. So instead, he gets her meat and sweets, meats and sweets to open to feed her and then wants to rub her feet and just everything he does seems to weird her out. Like, she's not yeah. receptive to basically any of it. Right. So, anyway, Radine is appreciative of the time with the hot time in the hot tub. But she tells us that she spent the whole time thinking about Kay. So, we come back to the hot tub for a commercial segment where <sighs> Rick is trying to get some freaky stuff started. So, Radine says she finds his, like, green eyes attractive. But he's not really young and fit and... Even though some lesbian once told him he had the prettiest penis she'd ever seen, which I'm going to pause there. Why am I taking a lesbian's word on penises? They know less about penises than anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe because he thinks like um, uh, if you're not interested in it. Then you could be objective about it. Right. That you'd be more honest about it because not like you're trying to just get some. Well, who can I go to that has like literally the least amount of opinions and experience with penises? I'm like that lesbian. Yeah. So anyway, then he takes off his bathing suit and Radine's like, put that back on. Stop. Like, don't do this because we know how much she likes to get naked. So anyway, later on, Rick is discussing things with his roommate Ramona. He says the date went really well and some of the old feelings from when she were locked up were back and they got to make out at least for a while. But she did end up going back to her parents' house instead of coming back there for a while. And Ramona thought... I thought she'd be over here a little bit more than she is. And in fact, she's pretty suspicious that she still doesn't want to get it four years after, you know, <laughs> not doing it at all. So Ramona says that the whole thing about having a girlfriend he didn't know about is a gigantic red flag. She feels like Radine has got to be hiding something because just this just doesn't add up. So we switch over to Radine, who's going to a, who's at a coffee house and for administrative reasons, you know, Kay had some paperwork or whatever and she hasn't been able to call or talk to her and Radine misses the sound of her voice. So Radine wants to kind of know when she's going to be able to hear from him. So she calls the prison to ask about the status of her wife, oh, God. which is when production found out that Radine is actually married to Kay oh, and they ask if she wants to tell Rick and she's like, yeah, not really. So, Okay. If you're Rick in this hot tub, uh-huh. like, how do you come away with everything that went down in this hot tub and think that she's, like, more into you? Because uh, she didn't make an excuse to leave and then, therefore, it's already a level up from what's been happening. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It just – I mean, this is just a read the room situation, right? Like, Yeah, but we've I, already said he struggles a little bit with that. Yeah. I mean, it just, it just seemed like she was totally not into – anything he was putting out there like she appreciated the effort and she liked the um the vibe mm-hmm. of like oh this hot tub this nice place but like if he tried to touch her she was like "Ooh, weird why are you touching me Ugh. like i don't understand Ugh. what yeah. are you doing can we just agree that this isn't even someone who is bisexual or questioning she's just straight up like gay i think she would probably consider herself bi well yeah okay actually you know let me take that back because She's just not interested in Rick. Let's just be real yes. here. You know, she yes, might be interested true. in other men. <laughs> yes. Rick is not a representation of all men. Right, right. And so definitely she's just not that attracted to him. I think no. she thinks he's a sweet person. Yes. And, you know, does find one, you know, um, physical attribute to, to praise. But other than that, she's just not into him physically. Yeah, um, I agree. And also – Clearly committed to someone else. Okay. I had questions. So many questions. Because did she meet Kay in prison? 
I thought so. So yeah. my like uh, what my uh, understanding of the whole thing is that they only knew each other from prison. So they've never been on the outside together. It's that is correct. Only been in mm-hmm. prison. So is that even like a thing you can just marry another prison inmate in prison? I mean, I guess the laws are probably different state to state because we have seen other inmates already be married before they're released. Yes. Like with the prison, you know, wedding situation. Yes, we've seen a couple situations like that. But I don't know. It just it's to me, it's almost like, you know, like HR, like you can't date someone in the same company or something like that. You know, it just seems like that's a cause for potential drama in prison if you have like your inmates like committing and marrying each other. I mean, but uh, okay, but more so than if they're just like dating each other and casually sleeping around, like that—that that also causes a lot of drama. That is true, but I feel like prisons are also trying to discourage that as well, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, we definitely have had, like, oh, geez, was it her who got? No, it was Tiffany got mm-hmm. in trouble, and she was like, Cause remember, she didn't get released right away, uh-huh. and he was like, why not? And she was like, oh, because they caught me like doing it having sex with another woman and then we got in trouble and i had to go back like so it is something that's discouraging against the rules yeah sure but i mean i don't know how they can i don't know i don't know if they can uh, it's again state to state legally bar people from being like we're married because we've also seen people who didn't even do the prison wedding remember whatever the big dill couple they got married like just with paperwork oh like by by, proxy the proxy yeah by the proxy situation yeah and so yeah. I feel like it's legally possible whether the state's allowed or not. And they might not have – by the time they got married, they might not have been in the same prison. Maybe. Maybe. It's just all very – like, I need more answers. Right. And I would – it wouldn't surprise me at all if if they got married, like, shortly before Raydeen got released just mm-hmm. so she could do things like this. Call and be like, hey, my, I need information on my wife. Because they'll give you information about your wife. They might not give you information about, hey, I just need information about this person I want information about. Yeah. Okay. So if Radine is so like – and I don't want to say so clearly. But if she isn't into Rick, like why the heck is she sticking around? I don't, that's what I don't understand. It's not like Rick is bankrolling her life. She mm-hmm. lives at Has home. a place to stay. Yeah. She, in fact, a place that she'd rather stay. You know, her family is supporting her financially. Like, she doesn't have to get a job right now. I mean, and they're providing all that stuff for her. It's like, what does she need Rick for? Why is she still in this? I That's a good question because I, I really don't know. Like, I really don't know what she wants from him, what her end game looks like. I mean, what, what does her end game look like? What's her – And I, well, part of it is I think this. What, like, what what is her – ideal resolution to this situation like k is still around is it like her and k just like you know living in rick's not even living maybe living in rick's house living in a house that rick pays for yeah and rick just being by and being being allowed to watch sometimes like i don't (laughs) know what she sees but i also think that every time any kind anything approaching that question comes up she's just like i don't want to think about that and so i don't know what she's doing yeah i have no idea yeah it makes no sense to me All right. So we did not hear from Kevin and Tiffany this time around. Right. So uh, of the group that you saw, who was your student of the week? I mean, I feel like he had an easy mode on this one because it's really easy to not be an asshole in this situation. But Chance. Yes. I also went with Chance. I mean, also, we didn't talk about too much because I got icked out and I was like over them. But, you know, just... His whole thing with, like, um, buying the girls, the daughters, like, the promise rings, I thought that was really sweet and thoughtful. The fact Mm -hmm. that he's buying jewelry at all with his own money, which, you know, most people would say, oh, it's not even that much, like, uh, compared to, like, the average or whatever. But it's like, well, that's his own money. And I'm super impressed because that is uh, definitely a very high standard for this show. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we've seen a lot of people buy the jewelry with like the money that the person who they're getting engaged to has given them. Yes. (laughs) Or settlement money. Right. Or some weird situation like that. He also didn't like push forward with the 
proposal when it was like clear that like things were bad. He's yes. like, okay, well, this is going to have to wait. It, it wasn't about him, right? right. He was li- literally one of the only people that wasn't like, this is all about me. Yeah. What should be more about me? Right. He was a very supportive partner, like when, you know, you're going through something like that. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought Chance did really good this week. Uh, what about your dunce? I mean, Radine. Yeah, I like, did that's too. Just, I mean, it's a big reveal at the end, but that's, that's a shitty, shitty secret to be keeping. Like yeah. that's off the charts yeah and like kind of going back to but why like i don't understand why she's trying to keep this thing going with rick what it, or what it is even that she's trying to keep going yeah. with rick because she just said and i guess my question too is i wonder um does her has her family known this whole time yeah i, yeah, I want to know too because uh they definitely know that they're together but it's like does anyone know she's married at this point Yes. Like, oh, no, no, they don't because she did say that when she said it. She says, this is a secret I've never told a single soul. Oh, OK. Yeah. So well, now that makes it a little bit better. Knows. Yeah. Because <laughs> if her family had known, that would be like, oh, my God, your whole family is garbage. Like, yeah. can't even warn the guy. You know, she's married, right? Like, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. All right. Uh, what about your life lesson? All right. Life lesson, we kind of touched on it a little bit. It, it goes to um, Kayla. Like, when you're the one who messed up the schedule that you have behind like you don't get you've implicitly given up control of what like the next steps are yeah it's like yeah you wanted to go to lunch great you slept in instead like so now it's kind of in his court what what gets if he wants to go to his barber first or eat first or whatever like that you if you're the one whose fault it was then you don't get to also dictate what we do when i pick you up oh interesting so my life lesson also has a little bit to do with blame um you can't blame someone else even for narking, if you are in the wrong, <laughs> you know, it's like you still at the end of the day, like you're just upset because you got in trouble, you know? And yeah, you could argue, well, I wouldn't have gotten in trouble if like, you know, that person hadn't told. Well, you shouldn't have been doing then the wrong she's thing gonna in get the in first trouble. place. Like, yeah. you're asking some, you're asking to take the trouble that you would get in and asking somebody else to put it on their shoulders because yeah. of what you're doing wrong. Yeah. yeah. It's bullshit. Yeah. So, but, but you know, the way he talks about or treats it, it's almost like he's getting in trouble because of what someone else did. That's not why you got in yes. trouble. You got in trouble because you weren't staying at the house that you're supposed to be staying at. Not because your sister yes. told someone you weren't staying at the house you were supposed to be staying at. Yeah. But in his mind, that's, that's the way it is. Yeah. Like, if anything that wouldn't have happened along the way is the reason I got in trouble, which right. one of those wasn't my fault. Yes. That's when I'm in trouble. Yep, yeah. exactly. So, oh, gosh. All right. So uh, we will be back again next week uh, with the same group, maybe in person. Yeah, yeah maybe. We'll oh, see. yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, we'll see. We'll be out. <laughs> the episode will come out at some point. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll see you all then. Thanks for your patience. All right. Okay. okay thanks. Bye. Bye. <laughs>